on September 21st at the IO Theater in Chicago and streaming wherever you are, it's time for the fifth annual Pod Slam, the podcast marathon for Connor's Cure. Beginning at 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time, the world's best podcast marathon brings you the finest shows in all the land. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, Queer Movie Night, Poppin' Bottles, Tabletop Potluck, I'll Be There For You, How Star Wars Is It, The Pod Slam Exclusive Hollywood Hardwood, Dilettante Ball, Killer Conversations, The Heels and Heels, Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment, Paired, Our Father, We Still Like You, Not Your Demographic, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling, and the night concludes with the Pod Slam All-Star Rumble, presented by Parker Flags and Penance, where hosts from shows throughout the day battle it out for ultimate podcast supremacy. Tickets are $10 all day, with all proceeds going straight to Connor's Cure for pediatric cancer research and treatments. Head to arcadeaudio.net slash PodSlam right now for tickets, donations, schedules, and much, much more. Welcome to Arcade Audio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy trivia show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton. And I'll be awarding points to our two teams based on how well they know trivia and how good they are at lying. In Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, an incorrect answer is worth just as many points as a correct one. At least, as long as our players can trick the other team into believing it. Now let's meet tonight's panel. Good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming out to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the comedy game show of answering questions and questioning answers. I'm your host, Spencer Hamilton, and tonight's theme is going to be the Fast and the Furious. Yes! I think we're all we're very excited for the Fast and the Furious. Uh, let's uh, meet our team, starting with the team to my left. Do we have a team name? Yeah, we are uh, Nissan of Sam. <laughs> okay, that's very good. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. It is very good. <laughs> And let's meet our uh, individual player starting on the far end. Uh, my name is Sammy Tabimi. I've seen all nine, oh, all eight of the Fast and Furious movies. I will be seeing Hobbs and Shaw soon. I'm very excited because I accept them for what they are. <laughs> I'm excited for you. And next to <laughs> Sammy. My name is Heather Scholl, and I have seen all nine or, no, I have not seen any of the nine or eight or any of the, I haven't seen these movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll be great tonight at the game. And finally. My name is James Freely, and I just watched the three that they put on Netflix, and now I get what the cool boys in middle school were about. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and let's meet the team to my right. Do we have a team name over here? Yes, we are slow and kind. <laughs> <laughs> Is kind the opposite of furious? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, very good. And uh, let's meet our individual players starting on the far end. Um, hello, my name is Evan, and um, I haven't seen the movies, but my frame of reference for them is just that really sad song that got really popular and was the only song playing on the radio in, like, I don't know, 2011, or I don't know, at some point. You're talking about the one uh, after and Paul Walker took his leave? <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. That one, the really sad one. The sad one inspired oh. by death. Okay. Yeah. And uh, next to you, uh, Evan. Uh, my name is Miles. I have seen none of these movies, but I get it. <laughs> <laughs> and finally. 
Hi, my name is Marla. I also have not seen them, but I have seen Moana nine times. Oh, okay. That's mm. a little so, crossover. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah The Rock's yeah, in both yeah. of the franchises. Yeah. yeah. I assume character. Moana will be a franchise. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's start with the, uh, a question for the team to my left, Nissan of Sam. Mm. Uh, here we go. Here's Paul Walker right here. R.I.P. Paul Walker. Known for his role as Brian O'Connor in the Fast and the Furious franchise, but even better known, of course, for his role as Phil Deedle, the character at the center of the 1998 movie Meet the Deedles. Meet the Deedles, which is sitting at a truly choice 4% on Rotten Tomatoes, <laughs> tells the story of twin brothers Phil and Stu Deedle, two surfer bums who, through a wacky twist of wackiness, end up stuck in Yellowstone National Park without a wave in sight. <laughs> the film's bad guy, played, believe it or not, by Dennis Hopper, is ex-park ranger Frank Slater, who has a dastardly plot he would have gotten away with if it weren't for these meddling Deedles. <laughs> So what I want to know, uh, what is the plot? What is uh, X-Ranger Slater's evil plot, and how is it foiled by the Deedles? Let's go surfing now, everybody's learning how. Come on a safari with me. All right, Nissan of Sam, describe the X-Ranger Slater's evil plot and how it is foiled by the Deedles. I am so surprised because James and I knew this right away because we, we were both dorks as kids. Sure. It was the only VHS we had. Uh, <laughs> it, well, so X-Ranger Slater is going to ruin the tourist appeal of Yellowstone Park by blowing up Old Faithful. However... Uh, the Deedles, the name, Heather's laughing at the I names can't. makes me laugh. I can't, it's my new favorite word. The Deedles. Deedle. Uh, they, they foil the plan by surfing on the steam and water, and it kind of plugs up and saves Old Faithful. Mm-hmm. Huh. They get some gnar. They shred the gnar gnar? They shred the gnar. Okay. So they're just, like, they're just like standing on top of a surfboard on top of the geyser just waiting for it no, to, they run. to go on. They, they run. run. They catch the gnar. Oh, well, I can't argue with that. Yeah. Isn't what a geyser does blow up? Well, when you have two awesome, gnarly dudes on it, man, shredding. Wait. <laughs> Hold, say that so again. So what's the, the, the original plan? The original plan was right. to, like, use a bomb? Yeah. yeah. So oh. instead of just letting a geyser blow up like it does, we're going to more blow it up? <laughs> right, but they have two awesome, gnarly dudes shredding on How it. How does that answer my question? I'm confused. <laughs> Listen, okay. this, uh, we, want, we want to repeat 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> this, this is not a solid cinematic movie no. with logical choices. Fair, fair. Yeah. If, so. you were, if, if you were going to give it a positive rating uh-huh. to account for that 4%, well, what 4% would... is positive. It's, it's, <laughs> that's true. Technically, it's not a negative. You're right. You're right. You're right. I, I, I will say, like, they teach uh, beginning critics to find the good in whatever you're criticizing first to, yeah. to build those skills. I would say the commitment uh, to Paul, of Paul Walker and the other actor to these characters, no matter how dumb they were, was amazing. It was like a course in commitment to character. Yeah. And Dennis Hopper, he's always just going to be Dennis Hopper. And I may not have seen the film. <laughs> <laughs> However, I have I'm well aware of how suspenseful the final scene with the epic surfing was. So suspenseful, you could say. As an audience member, you'd be on Pins and Deedle. <laughs> okay, well, oh, no. thank you very much for that, Heather. Um, let's, uh, let, me, let me ask, let me ask uh, Slow and Kind here. Do we believe they're telling the truth or lying about the plot? I think they're telling a half-truth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was just, they had statistics and details. What's the half-lie? 
I think that it was foiled by the way they said is surfboards because of course. Sure. But I think because logically, why the blow up the geyser? <laughs> there that's were what it two done, rad dudes. That doesn't on answer it. a question ever. <laughs> <laughs> I think they were trying to plug the geyser. That's what Dennis Hopper was doing. So okay. he's getting a huge bathtub plug type thing. <laughs> okay, sure. Plug an old faithful because no one else is going to go if it's plugged. I see. Hmm. And what's, so, what's the point of him doing that? He's just trying to sabotage. Yeah, no one's going to go and see a plugged geyser. So they ride some waves out of it. Right. Oh, they were inside the geyser all along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then we get the tagline, no good deedle goes unpunished. Oh! <laughs> yeah. We found uh, your evil mother. counterpart. Yeah. I, I, think, <laughs> nice. I think both teams are kind of right. So let me just, let me just read the, the plot here. <laughs> what? Uh, Old faithful in surfing. Let's, that's the plot. Yeah, exactly. So, so Dennis Hopper tries to divert Old Faithful oh. into a new geyser on his own land, which he will call New Faithful. Oh! So he does, in a manner of speaking, he does plug it up to divert it. Um, mm-hmm. But the Deedles, with a little help from our prairie dog, redivert the water back to Old Faithful and escape out of its spout, accidentally causing enough force to create oh! to create a lake which has sick ass waves on it all the time. That the boys turn into a surf park. Oh my god. Why didn't mm. you mention the prairie dog sooner? <laughs> That's the connection we all needed. Yeah, yeah, that would have yeah. elucidated it. I just sure. want to give everyone here a million points because we figured out the, the, the plot to this crappy movie just from the title. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's all you needed. Yeah. That's all you needed. All right, slow and kind. This uh, next question is going to be wow. for you. Yes. Now, for some reason, yeah. Tyrese Gibson is the comic relief for Fast and the Furious. But did you know he also has other talents? He also wrote a three-issue comic book called Mayhem. It's a Batman ripoff, and it did not do well. <laughs> Other celebrities have written one-offs with their favorite superhero, including a member of Monty Python. What set John Cleese's version of Superman apart from the original? All right, John Cleese wrote himself a version of Superman. What was it that set his version apart from the uh, standard Superman? Yeah, so the main defining thing was that it was very British, very low stakes problems. Oh, um, his kryptonite was a cold cup of tea. <laughs> so it colored the entire yeah. comic book. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Who uh, who was the villain of that? America. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, so he landed in Kansas, uh, but he, it was like in a style of British sitcom? Well, it wasn't Kansas, right. obviously. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Where, Where was it? <laughs> England. Uh, uh, Britain, yeah. 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 <laughs> See? Yeah. See? <laughs> uh, so, so go ahead. Superman uh, lands in England, so we go through his uh, obviously altered origin story, kind of like Red Sun. Like, so what would be some what, of the... What is Red Sun, Sammy, for those who are uninitiated? Oh, Red Sun is the alternate Superman where he lands in Russia instead of mm, Kansas, and he grows mm-hmm. up being a communist, mm-hmm. and uh, Batman is like a Marxist or something. He's a freedom fighter. So it looks like Cleese kind of had his own UK version. So what would be some of the plots uh, yeah, yeah. so it's made. definitely less political than that. It's, <laughs> it's uh, I would say, more of a social commentary. Oh. Um, so, you know, he he still has all of, like, the superpowers that he has as, as, as Superman. Um, but I- instead of really using them, he's just um, kind of polite. 
Um, and the greatest superpower of all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Could you give yeah, an yeah, example yeah. of like a, a problem that, uh, like a social problem? Oh, you're gonna ask for an example of a polite thing to say. Um, I was like, you need more help. <laughs> That's what you're asking for. Um, sorry, what did you say? Like, a, 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 like a polite social problem that he solved using his superpower. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a little old lady with a very large bag. Uh, he he Queen he said, hey, "Good day, mate. Let me help you carry that bag." Good day, mate. <laughs> no way, was it Cockney? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He slang? didn't. He didn't grow up like high class. Like yeah. he didn't. He didn't like land like in Buckingham yeah. Palace. Yeah. Like what kind of a superhero movie would that be? Yeah, right. same humble roots as you know the American. Of London. Yeah, that actually yeah. checks out. That kind so of Clark Kent yeah. becomes a, a reporter. What does he become when he's in England? Jack the Ripper. A newsie. <laughs> a chimney sweep. Have you seen yeah. England? <laughs> yeah. There are actually a lot of British stereotypes in it. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. yeah. Because he was trying to, you know, market this to an American audience too. Yeah. So yeah. we right. have to connect to the things that we like obviously know her. Also, a it's a musical. Sweep and Lois Lane is Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah exactly. Evan, I just want to make sure we don't gloss over that. You said the comic book was a musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, yeah. No, there you, were buttons on each page, and, like, songs would play as you would turn. It's okay. kind of like those Yeah, cards. and also pi- yeah, like pic- picture, that, picture yeah. images of musical notes, so you know. <laughs> picture sure. images. Yeah, yeah, yeah as opposed yeah. to the Too not bad, there's picture no ones. way to, like, yeah. interpret those as pictures. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. how you save money. You, like, come up with your own tune. Yeah. Right, yeah, so they know that, yeah. If this was true, I would have been more into comic books. <laughs> but a lot of the scenes are just him standing on a roof, like, Hey, what's that? What's that? Get off. Jog off. Who'd you doing? Get down. But he's but he's polite doing it. Oh, I have a question. I know we're going long on this, Spencer, and I apologize. We really are. What do you mean? We, what we do have, you mean going we have along? A cockney su- <laughs> we have a Cockney Superman, and then we have a Michael Cocaine Superman. Michael Cocaine Superman. <laughs> Michael Cocaine? Are we just glossing over that, the fact the, that That's you, my, uh, that's my alternate uh, stage name for my Parliament Fuckadelic uh, cover <laughs> band. Okay. Which was Superman Ripper, was it? Though. What was his accent? I'm Michael Cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, do we think that's on the truth? Uh, in some fashion? <laughs> Yeah, we kind of do. Kind of do. Because yeah. it was, it did play, take place in England. Everything else is garbage. Yeah, uh, it, it did. Play, it did take place in England, Thank and you. actually, most of what you were saying was right. Yes. Uh, it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, in John Cleese's version, <laughs> Superman crash lands in England instead of Smallville. Um, the what? comic is called Superman: True Brit, uh, and oh. it used a lot of those like stupid English stereotypes, and it didn't get very good um, uh, critical reception because of because of how like low class it was basically. Kyle um, we, we are not surprised we knew that. <laughs> yeah, not surprised. Miles is staring me down. It's very unsettling. We used to be teammates, but now it's like there's heat. I, I, it hurts. <laughs> oh my God, you guys are the Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> That's what everyone's singing. Yeah, the I, don't know. Shaw it, I don't know what happens in that movie. <laughs> All right. This is a question for Nissan of Sam. Uh, look at that man. His pinky's valued over 300000 that's right. That's Chris Bridges, what? or as we all know him, Ludacris. Ludacris is a multi-platinum selling rapper and actor and plays the role of Tesh Parker in the Fast and the Furious franchise. But Luda isn't just known for his acting or his music. He's also an established entrepreneur. What business did Ludacris open in the Atlanta airport? All right, what business did Ludacris open in the Atlanta airport? Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's. Auntie Anne's, he opened. These people get it. Thank you. Thank you. I love Auntie Anne's. I don't know. And so does Ludacris. So does Luda. So just like a franchise of Auntie Anne's. Yeah. No. Oh. Oh. 
Okay. He is the creator of Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yes. He would say it's crazy or Don't even finish it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Who did he name Auntie Anne's after then? Himself. Say more. (laughs) Chris Bridges is not his real name. Why could he not have multiple identities? So there's layers of of stage names. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like Garth Brooks became Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines became John Parker. John Parker became Xavier Francis. And Xavier Francis became Ludacris. Ludacris. (laughs) Great. Great. Uh-huh. What is Ludacris's favorite pretzel? <gasps> wow. Classic. That's the classic. classic. Just a pretzel? With cheese. <laughs> it has to be with cheese. Mm. Hmm. So not the hot dog one or gross. Those are no. all, the, there, there's many embellishments. Like Personally, I like the little pretzel nuggets, which are just a pretzel, yes. but they're in a nugget form. But the classic, right? The original. I have a question for the other team real quick. I mean, when I, going to the mall, like we all went to the mall like when we were younger, food court. Did oh, you yeah. have a go-to? Every time you went to the mall, you're like, we gotta go to blah, blah, blah. Did you have a go-to? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the entire food court free samples. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it was just like two laps. Yeah. <laughs> oh. the, the place that always sells some variation of a chicken thing, you know? Like, there's always some chicken in a sweet sauce thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, the, the like uh, Chinese, like... Yeah, but like, there's always another one that's like, oh, this one's like Cajun. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah. more... And it's the oh, same. Oh, oh, yeah, every oh. kind of chicken as you walk Yeah, around. like the bourbon. Oh. bourbon. Yes, uh, yeah. Oh, the bourbon chicken. I didn't realize I was Michael right until I said it three times. <laughs> <laughs> Truly for me, it was the pretzel store, like the pretzel shop. Oh. I ate a lot of soft pretzels. Because you were a Ludacris a fan. I was a huge Ludacris fan. Mm. What's uh, your favorite Ludacris song? Uh, I mean, how do you, how do you pick uh, how do you pick just one? I mean, the, the man's entire oeuvre is, is classic. Uh, Move, I think, is a good one. I, that's the one I know most of the words to. So I'll say that. Okay. For, to clarify, oeuvre is just like egg in French, right? That's what I meant, yeah. His eggs... <laughs> He put, his he put all his eggs in multiple baskets. Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Very smart man. And one of them was Auntie Anne. That's right. Okay. Right, 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 right. Which is a perfect segment to ask if you think they're telling the truth or not. Is Auntie Anne's the uh, thing you opened in the Atlanta airport? No. 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 Baby, no. You no. About it it you really was. It was food related, though. Okay. Um, but also like scent related. Oh. Because the best part of Auntie Anne's is the smell of Auntie Anne's, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, that's what draws the customer in. And then you taste it in disappointment. That's what you take yeah. with you when you leave. Uh, <laughs> the smell. Um, and Ludacris, he loves smells. Mm-hmm. Um, so he opened a store of, um, of, a, 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 of edible colognes. Edible colognes? Edible colognes. Edible like colognes. All right. Okay. Yeah. So they smelled good, but also if you want to <laughs> eat it. <laughs> no, actually, it was a restaurant called Chicken and Beer. Straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> Named after Chicken. his third album, Chicken and Beer. Oh. Yeah, and let me tell you, watch out. Their menu's ridiculous. Chicken club looking so conspicuous. Stop it. <laughs> right? It's pretty good. All right. Uh, slow and kind. Wow. Yes. The first two yes. Fast and Furious movies set up the tropes we all know and love. Vin Diesel is tough yet sensitive. Michelle Rodriguez is tough but sensitive. Yep. <laughs> and Paul Walker is tough but sensitive. <laughs> I would dare crew, say he's sensitive but tough. He is sensitive but, but tough. I thought it was Fast and Furious. <laughs> That's, uh, it draws you in that way. I'm disappointed. There's, there's a lot of there's layers to these, these people. Uh, but the whole crew didn't appear again in the second or third movies. 
the fourth movie put things back on track, but in the process, it changed the order in which the films were intended to be viewed. So if you wanted to watch the movies in chronological order, when would you watch The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift? If you want to watch these movies in chronological order, when do you watch Tokyo Drift? Yeah, so if you were, if you were watching the films in, in chronological order, the best time to watch Tokyo Drift would be, like, right before bed. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, okay, well, you know what? I, 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 I'm going to honor your answer, and I have some questions. Yes. So you're watching Tokyo Drift, uh, the, uh, where a young bad. Nebraskan farm boy who was so bad acting in this movie they yes, didn't bring him back yes we've all seen it <laughs> yes we've all seen it he was so bad acting in this movie they didn't bring him back except for a one line cameo way back like in episode 8 so why would you watch this action packed techno filled music right before you go to bed yeah. I mean since you've been watching them chronologically you're already amped up so <laughs> this one is gonna is gonna bring you down a notch and ease you back into bed yeah, just to make sure you don't have nightmares or anything. What's, uh, what's so soporific about it? Go ahead and define that word for the... Yeah. Um, the okay. It makes you sleepy. <laughs> what's so soporific about no, it? Actually, the, the, the lights in the movie mm-hmm. mimic the, like, the movement your eyes go through in, yeah. in REM sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So by so, the end... You're- <laughs> exactly. You have a seizure. You have, you have a, seizure a seizure into sleep. And it Ooh. drifts you into sleep. Oh, the, as we know, the Tokyo You know what? I think they're right. <laughs> That's actually why they titled it that. It has nothing to do with the car thing that is okay. drifting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Marla, you are a mother with two young children. What is their favorite bedtime Did story? Did you say three? That is a two. Do oh, you have, thank well, God. Well, <laughs> come on out. Like, Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um, uh, what is their favorite bedtime story? Uh, it's actually a vehicle related. It's called Don't Let the Pigeon Drive the Bus. <laughs> I honestly encourage you to look it up. It's uh, written by, written and illustrated by a former Sesame Street writer. Oh. And he's got a whole series. It's hilarious. It's about a pigeon who desperately wants to drive the bus. And it's like... Do they let him? Uh, well, it's... it's don't, ruin, don't ruin it. Don't I'm ruin not going to ruin it. But the pigeon asks the reader and like <gasps> uses multiple tactics oh, to beg you oh, wow. to let him drive the bus. And it's actually really funny. It's like Ratatouille, but with a bird in a bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What if the bus goes under 66 miles an hour? <laughs> I think it blows up. Yeah, I think the pigeon <laughs> blows up. the bus yeah. up. That's it's, in the book. It's very graphic. Is yeah. that a but it's Fast and it. Furious or Speed... Reference. Speed. Okay. <laughs> uh, do we think it's on the truth? Uh, chronologically, would you want to watch this before bed? You know, no, it would no. depend on what time you started the first movie. Yeah, sure. But you know, you, like, how many hours and if it was approaching bedtime. That's a good but point. But the correct right. answer. Uh, it uh, is. Well, actually, hold on. Spencer, can I give the real correct answer? Maybe. Yeah, okay. You're supposed to watch uh, Clone Wars, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's called Machete Horror. Yeah, very good, very good. I just want to give respect to James. Respect. Thank you. Just, yeah. There's also the Boiled Leather Game of Thrones uh, book edition to combine those two books. Uh-huh. Uh, with so many nerds here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you would watch it after Fast Five because what happens in a Tokyo Drift is one of the main characters dies. Okay. But he was so popular, they brought him back in the fourth and fifth movie. <laughs> it's, so the series is out of order chronologically. Wow. You are very close, and I'll consider giving you some points. Uh, you would actually want to watch it sixth. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 so even though 
it's the third movie, the correct order of the movies goes one, two, four, five, six, three, seven, eight. So basically, Han got killed off at the end of three, but then he was back and forth, so everyone's like, what? By the end of six, Han says he's going to visit Tokyo, which is a place he previously went on a plan to visit with his girlfriend Giselle before she was killed. So four must take place before three, which must take place after six, but before seven. It's hey, really complicated, but totally worth it. I need, to, I need to correct you. Han was killed off in seven. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> By his own son! Very, yeah, I knew it was fifth bad. or sixth movie. <sighs> well, we'll, not- we'll consider giving you some points. Uh, in this round right now. New Son of Sam. Uh, Jason Statham shows up in the Fast and the Furious franchise playing Deckard Shaw, who later teams up with The Rock's Luke Hobbs to form the Laurel and Hardy of muscles, cars, and muscle cars. But Jason Statham wasn't always known for cracking wise and cracking skulls on camera. He spent 12 years on a British national team of a sport in the early 1990s. What sport did Jason Statham compete in at the national level in the 1990s? What sport did Jason Statham compete in at the national level in the 90s? Uh, he is a rough, tough kind of guy. He would play rugby. Yes. Okay. He loved to scrum. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, was he very successful at it? He was at the, the national level, so yes. Okay. Yeah. The team oh. itself, not so successful. He was until he was injured, which is why he made a transition into movies mm. uh, with... Layer cake? Not layer cake. No, not layer cake. Uh, but a Guy Ritchie film. Yes, it was. Yeah. He was also so successful that this is an obscure trivia question we're expected <laughs> not to know. <laughs> what body part Correct. did he injure? I want to say it was his knee. But the answer is his heart. <laughs> uh, what position in rugby? I don't know them that well, but I know there are. Well, he's a big guy, so it'd probably be fullback. Or goalie. Goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Half back. Okay, so I'm, I'm convinced that one of you knows about rugby. <laughs> <laughs> I've so watched, sure. like, there's, there's the uh, New Zealand All Blacks, and they do the haka mm-hmm. before every match, which is amazing mm-hmm. to watch. And then I feel a little bit dirty, because I'm like, oh, man, that's awesome culture. I wish I could do it. Nope, I can't. Nope, can't I wish I, I, wish oh, I yeah, could. Don't. 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 don't, do uh, don't. <laughs> I always like asking this question, because we're all actors up here. Like, we're, what did you do sports in high school or college? Yeah. And, What'd you do? I played tennis in high school. I used to coach high school tennis. Yeah, I was decent at it. I played uh, singles, and then I taught my best friend how to play, and she was really athletic, so she ended up being better than me, and she, oh. she took my singles spot. No. Uh, I feel like as we go around, okay. Sammy's like, I coached that, I coached that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, we would steal lunch trays and sled on them. That's a sport. <laughs> That's fun. That's a sport. Yeah. Marching band? That's the closest oh, yeah, I got. Too. I know, yeah. well, did, you, did you play flute? What did you play? Alto saxophone. Alto sax. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, in college, I played ultimate frisbee and dodgeball. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then in high school... So you I would play- say you were cool? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then in high school, I played uh, basketball, football, cross country. Oh, jeez. Okay. So you actually oh, were cool. Holy, yeah. Whoa. Were you any good? I was four years varsity tennis. That doesn't mean anything. Were you any good? So was I, but that's because <laughs> no, we good. only had enough people for one tennis team, so we were automatically varsity. <laughs> the default varsity team. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool to get a, a letter. Hmm. Oh, yeah, my initial instinct when you asked the question was like, no. But then I remembered that I do have a varsity letter for academic quiz team. <gasps> oh, you were on Quiz Bowl? Yeah. 
Dude, I was on Quiz Bowl too. What's I up? Yeah. I also did that, but I signed up for it 100% because I had a crush on a boy. <gasps> oh, did it work out? Did it pan out? We dated for two weeks and <gasps> he broke up with me because I didn't like punk music as much as he did. Oh, <laughs> That's awesome. You dodged a bullet so hard. Man, I know. Heather, Where is he now? Yeah, is call he him cute? out. Call him out. His name was Carrie Nordstrom. I'm Roast not Nordstrom. Of the Nordstrom punk rock family. Carrie Nordstrom. You suck it up and say you like punk for Nordstrom. <laughs> <laughs> Heather, Heather, what was your favorite punk band back then? Whatever Carrie well, likes. Well, he really liked <laughs> Mest. Mest? I hate Carrie Nordstrom. <laughs> Me That's too. not even That's punk. Not, not even punk. No. He sounds like he tap dances in black and white movies. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you do everything in high school? That was a lot of stuff. I, it was a small school somehow. I did gym over the summer. It was a summer gym so that you could be in... I was in marching band and played tennis, so I would run from one practice to the other. Wow. And then I was in the choir... Concert band musical. Oh my Jeez. god! Damn. That was it. Like I didn't. Do, I only did tennis in the fall. So like otherwise, it was all music stuff. But yeah, I definitely was an overachiever in high school. But now you're on the national tennis team, right? <laughs> With Jason State. With Jason State. <laughs> uh, do we think they're telling the truth? Was it rugby? No. <gasps> no. Okay. What was the uh, sport he played? We believe he played polo. <laughs> For the national team. Polo, okay. Horses, sticks, polo. Uh, you know the one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at least one ball. No, diving. it was actually diving. Oh. So no, no Holy balls food at all. Yeah, he's a rough guy. He, he, <laughs> he's a diver. He was a diver, a beautiful <laughs> swan diver. Yeah. yeah. How yeah, tall is he? Uh, I believe he's 7'8". I want to say That's he's too tall. <laughs> yeah, cool. That's right. He looks like a little guy. He, he's probably a little guy, right? Yeah. Okay. He's like 5'2". Uh, that would be pretty small, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, slow and kind. The newest entry in the Fast and the Furious franchise is Hobbs and Shaw. No relation to the Irish playwright George Bernard Shaw. Oh, boy. Yeah, that Shaw was a writer of plays, novels, and short stories. Uh-huh. Today, he's widely regarded as one of history's most imaginative authors and a huge influence on modern theater. George Bernard Shaw left one very important instruction in his will regarding any future publication of his works, and you can see it honored on the cover of every single authorized printing of any of his works. You've probably just never noticed. So what was George Bernard Shaw's dying wish regarding the reprinting of his works? Great, we got an MF back right All right, so unkind. What do we think here? What was Bernard George Bernard Shaw's dying wish regarding the reprinting of his works? <clears throat> okay, so you know the whole thing where like the Bernstein Bears, like all of a sudden there was like a riff in like the timeline, and we all remember it being spelled one way, but then it's actually Bernstein. Yeah, yeah. There was a sweet Bears. riff in the timeline. Yeah, there was like a sweet <laughs> riff in the timeline. Right, the Mandela, Gnarly, dude. The Mandela effect you're, yes. you're talking yeah. about. Also, that's in that yeah. movie that we all yeah. remember. It wasn't so, a rift. It was a Tokyo drift. Hey. <laughs> Anywho, uh, <laughs> I, I would watch a movie called Tokyo Drift in Time. Um, so George Bernard Shaw really had a flair for like uh, the dramatic, as we oh. know, um, as we all know. And so he actually had the foresight um, to basically like construct this this his own little um, riff in the timeline. And so he said that whenever his works were to be republished or reprinted, um, that he should have his middle name misspelled. So then from then on, everyone, everyone like misremembered his name. How is it uh, currently spelled? 
Um, so As you see currently, screen. now we all remember it, uh, Bernard, B-E-R-N-A-R-D. Uh-huh, um, but before? But before, it was actually Bernard. Oh, cool. I, 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 obviously, you don't know him personally, but what would be the motives to intentionally have your name misspelled throughout history on your magnum opus of works? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flair for the dramatic and <laughs> end, of, end of answer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We covered that. Yeah. <laughs> So if uh, let's say you guys go ahead and you do something. I know we have a Miles is leaving us to do an MFA in acting, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, so what would be what would be your kind of George Bernard Shaw wish? Should you get popular and then pass away, what would you want to be your lasting trick on the future public? Um, I would probably leave leave behind um, evidence that I had done a film or play that I had never done. So you're always searching for. <laughs> sure, like some lost of folio it. of some sort. Um, and uh-huh. you're like, nah, it didn't happen. You'd go back and you'd see definitive proof somewhere. <laughs> no, he did somewhere. So you'd always it's be looking for it. It's a percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> movie or play. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did Deedles Do Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, do we think that's the uh, the answer? No. no. <laughs> okay. So what what was it then? Uh, I think in tiny print, uh, in like the leaf of each of his things, it says uh, Pygmalion rocks. Uh, importance of being earnest sucks ass. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, so the first year was actually kind of close. Uh, George Bernard uh, Shaw's dying wish was that future reprintings of his work did not use his first name. Wow. Yeah, it's unclear why he didn't want his first name on the cover of his works, but his will was very explicit. So during his later years, he insisted his friends and family only call him Bernard. And even now, 69 years after his death, nice, all authorized <laughs> copies of the work only credit him as Bernard Shaw. A rift. I was going to say that plan didn't work really well because I've never... We, we all call him George, George Bernard Shaw. Yeah. Is it the Streisand effect there because he's drawing attention to it and we're like, no, no, bro, your name's George Your name's Bernard George, Shaw. dude. Yeah. Oh, wait. Was he trying to be like The Rock and transition slowly out of his name? Maybe. Hell yeah. Also, did he write Pygmalion? I don't know. Fuck, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Nissan of Sam. The newest entry in the Fast and the Furious franchise is Hobbs and Shaw. No relation to the English philosopher Thomas Hobbes. <laughs> Hobbes wrote many groundbreaking and controversial philosophical works in his lifetime, but philosophizing doesn't pay the bills. To cover his college tuition, he tutored the children of William Cavendish, first Duke of Devonshire. While Hobbes would gain immortality through his writings, William Cavendish and his descendants would gain notoriety another way. 200 years after Hobbes' death, William Cavendish, the sixth Duke of Devonshire, would cement his family legacy. So, what did William Cavendish do to bring fame to his family? Boy, really, uh, really blew on me on my philosophy minor or majoring <laughs> undergrad. Yeah, how's that working out for you? All right, what did William Cavendish do to bring fame to his family? He killed people ahead of him in the line of succession to ascend to king. He claudius them. Who did he kill? One through five? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Uh, when you become queen or king, you take on a regal name. So like Queen Elizabeth, that wasn't her real name. She took on the name. So he became, I believe it was George... I could be wrong, like George the First. Yeah, there was an extra George just lying around. <laughs> he picked it up. Uh, what was the method that he used to kill? Well, here's the thing. There's a very specific order you're supposed to kill in order to get to the throne. You're supposed to start with number two, 
go to number three. Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You're supposed oh, no. to start with number four, number five, go back to number two. You're not supposed to kill number one. It was a, a knife, a rope, uh-huh. a candlestick. Where, and where did it happen? A lead pipe and a very early revolver. Uh-huh. It happened where? England. In the, the, <laughs> <laughs> why did Why did Superman not stop this? <laughs> <laughs> too polite. He was too polite. Like, oh, too polite. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> he was surfing on Old Faithful. <laughs> Obby. All right, so we have a really good franchise going here. Uh-huh. Lots of movies that should fit into our series. What do you think? Are they telling the truth or? Is what he did kill a bunch of people to become I mean, king? That's what we were gonna yeah. say. So, yeah. okay. So it sounds like you believe them then. Yeah. Okay. They just have problems I mean, bringing, bringing themselves to actually say that. Yeah. I mean, really don't wanna, yeah. we made it up, so, <laughs> so, so we have no re- we have no reason to I have know one way or another. Real heard of this guy though yeah. on some. You like, you definitely have. Uh, you you did fool them though. Uh, you just grew some bananas. <laughs> Cavendish bananas. Ah, he's Cavendish bananas. bananas. That's correct. Oh. So in 1834, a friend brought back some bananas from Southeast Africa, and oh. Cavendish managed to grow some in his greenhouse. After a few years, he started shipping them around, but it was never really that popular due to the sweeter taste of the more popular Gros Michel bananas. But a disease wiped out most of those bananas, uh, so Cavendish stepped in with his bananas, and that's the kind that we eat today. I love bananas. Wait, so we're missing out on a sweeter banana? Way better banana? bananas. What? Yeah, yeah. But quick question: yeah. because both of us had the same answer, and neither of us actually got it right, do you think we could do a split? Oh, I don't find that very appealing. <laughs> I can't believe Heather just neutralized your pun. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. All right, slow and kind. The newest entry in the Fast and the Furious franchise is Hobbs and Shaw. Wow! <laughs> no, no relation to the comic strip Calvin and Hobbs. Oh, I've read those. I, yeah, I have too. Bill Watterson was the creator of the beloved comic about a boy and his pet stuffed tiger and has always been an outlier in his field. He refused to license his characters for merchandise, which some analysts estimate would have been worth between $300 and $400 million. Oh, wow. He also turned down uh, all offers to uh, adapt his work for animation, going so far as to hang up on Jim Henson, George Lucas, and Steven Spielberg. Wow. But he did accept one offer from his publishing syndicate, Universal Press. At the time, he was only the third artist to be given such a deal. What did Universal Press Syndicate offer Bill Watterson that almost no other comic strip author has ever received? What do you think? What was this deal that his uh, that United, excuse me, Universal Press Syndicate offered uh, Bill Watterson? Spencer, Heather yes. would like to let you know. Oh, I just was really excited that that we played Eye of the Tiger <laughs> right there. Thank you very much. It took me, and then I was just like, "Yeah, tigers." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah. I, I felt that's all I ever want for people to say yeah, when they hear the, the song interstitials. Huh. All right, no more dilly dallying. What's the answer? The answer no more deedling. No more deedling. Uh, uh, that while other comic strip authors were printed in books, he Aww. received the exclusive offer to be printed in color mm-hmm. on uh, nicer paper, and it was just a level up to what you were people were used to seeing uh, of that anthologies time. <laughs> sure. at that yeah, time. Yeah. Marla, yeah. did you just say level up? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Why? Yeah. What's wrong with that? I love you now because oh. it's such a video game term. <laughs> 
How did you feel before? I was like, I've kind of, eh, she's all right. Yeah, we've been in different. Mm. She's she's from like Florida. I mean, I'm from Michigan. It's like really a lot of tension there. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, that's our answer. So you're saying that no other comic book author had the nice uh, paper. Nice paper. No, thank it you. In, in color. color. In color. color. At that time. Ziggy. Hmm. Had comic. Ziggy. Ziggy had a color strips. On so nice did Garfield. Paper. Uh, in in the books, collected books. Yeah. But also, like that'd be like saying, like we have the technology and ability to make movies in color, but we're only gonna let this one guy do it. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was of the time. It was the first one to be of color. What time? I have a story. Huh? Just before bedtime. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, my sister recently got married. Oh, congratulations! Congratulations! Yeah, yeah it was sister. it was a bizarre wedding. Okay. Um, no. uh, the 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 most like easily uh, easy representation of how bizarre it was is that her maid of honor, my thirty year old sister's maid of honor, was um, an eighty year old woman from her, her uh, Sunday school class. Okay. Uh, Joan, we love her. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know her until this, but whatever. Um, but anyway, there was one point where we were sitting around, just like chatting. I was a I, I was a groomsman, so there was like the part where like before the dinner, you were like hold up in a room, and they're like, you have to make an entrance. I was like, I always make an entrance. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, uh, one of one of the other uh, people was like talking about their like pictures and like how they chose to have some of them in black and white because um, it was like artsy. And then Joan like spoke up, and she was like. Well, when I got married, all the pictures were in black and white. <laughs> oh my God, Is this the uh, Joan from Mad Men? No, this was the Joan from my sister's wedding. Listen. <laughs> that's what it sounds like. That's She's like old now. A legitimate thing, though. My dad gets really mad at me. Like, when Instagram was first a thing, and I would, like, make a picture with a filter on it, he's like, why would you do that when you have the choice to have such high-quality color images? Like, why would you choose to make it black? And he was, like, really angry. Sounds like he was trying to sell you a product. Wait, yeah. Do you still speak with your father? <laughs> I avoid certain topics. <laughs> Just leave it at that. Do you think that's telling the truth? Was it a nice paper and good color uh, no, no. Uh, we, we think he had. He was the first person to get the right to have his uh, character pissing on stuff on the back of trucks. <laughs> but actually, but, uh, uh, we wish that would be the thing. Uh, but also, he got enough clout to where he could get half a page in the Sunday strips. Because you ever look at the comic, the old, uh, the old funny strips? pages. Yep. He got like half a page to his fantastical now, art. That, which that was, is and, true. Which, um, well, I, it was good back then, but now they just give it to Billy to fucking walk around. <laughs> <laughs> Family circus! Family circus! I, I, told, I told everyone they were allowed one F word per show, and, oh, and James really. Two now. <laughs> really just, yeah, f- flaunts, flaunts the rules on my face, doesn't he? <laughs> I really am bad about it. Yeah, you, you really are. That's okay. Uh, it was paid time off, oh, actually. Oh. Just as simple as that. Paid time off. Oh. Yeah, paid to leave for cartoonists was basically unheard of before then, and if an artist wanted a break, they'd have to give up their paycheck and risk being dropped by their publishers. Whoa. That's right. So in the early 1990s, Calvin and Hobbes was hugely popular, but the management at the syndicate worried that Waterson was burning out, so they offered him a 10-month sabbatical in 1991 to rest. Ten months? Two like. years later, they often offered him more time off. What? And in 1994, Waterson returned from a second break and promptly announced he was quitting. <laughs> Suckers. Yeah. Suckers. Wow. And now he lives in the woods, fancying pictures for himself. So. Good for him. Good for him. Inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever read that fan 
sequel series where of like when Calvin it, grows up when Calvin grows up and has a daughter of his own and it's like very sweet it's very yeah like she, he, he gives his daughter Hobbs and then they go off on their own adventures and yeah very sweet you should check it out Marla I know you'd love it yeah my you don't see this but my lower lip is quivering <laughs> <laughs> alright Nissan of Sam the latest villain in the Fast and the Furious franchise uh, Idris Elba became familiar to American audiences for his role as Stringer Bell on the HBO series The Wire now, while HBO had some middling success with sitcoms in the early 90s, such as The Larry Sanders Show, it wasn't until they started producing original dramas that they started to achieve widespread critical success. What was the first one-hour dramatic narrative series that HBO produced? If you walk through the garden, you better watch your back. All right, what do we think? What was the first one-hour dramatic narrative series that HBO produced? (laughs) I got James. Oh, we think it was Oz. Okay. But my runner-up answer is two hours of sex in this, two half hours of sex in the city in a row. (laughs) Back to back. (laughs) Very dramatic. Anyway, that's the right answer. (laughs) Like Wizard and uh, the Wizard of Oz? Um, no, Frank. Like the musical? Uh, oh, it was a show about Frank Oz in jail. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a series set in the uh, Oswald Penitentiary. They called it Oz, and was set in the like experimental holding part of the thing. It was called Emerald City because it was painted green. A lot of famous actors came out of it, like J.K. Simmons uh, and oh god, Adebisi, <laughs> like Mr. Echo from Lost, Michael Perno also on Lost. Uh, Dean, the guy who does like the Allstate commercials, I'm Chaos. Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog Kermit was great. Frog. He played a white racist. It's really weird. Yeah. Uh, Pepe the Prawn. <laughs> Did you say Pepe the Prawn? Yeah, Pepe the Prawn. <laughs> yeah, what? From yeah. Muppets. From Muppets. Oh, oh, oh okay. Yeah, you remember the Frank Oz thing? He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was also it. his criminal name. Got it. Uh, how many seasons was, was this on? I want to say four, and it ended on a real downbeat thing because they didn't know they weren't going to get renewed. It might oh, be five, no. but I think it was four. Okay. For those listening on the podcast, he put up four fingers before he said that. Well, I did miss by one the Fast <laughs> and Furious answer, which I should have known. So the fingers will help me. Have you ever seen Oz, any of you? Anybody on this team? No. No, no but I do remember it. That's a yeah. good place to start. Yeah. yeah. Arguably, <laughs> it started the golden age of cable television because uh, that's when you're like, oh my God, you can have good TV on cable, which until that point was not really an option. No, sure. yeah. But please don't argue it. <laughs> do you think they're telling the truth? Some concerned looks on the faces of uh, Slow and Kind. They do look really concerned. We've got them on the ropes. <laughs> we're just getting slower and kinder as we yeah. go, <laughs> honestly. Like a team full of Jones. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what do we think here, folks? Do you like think, they're, we think they're right. You think yeah. they're right? We think they're right. Yeah. Okay, they, they are right. It was yeah. awesome. Very good, very good. Nice. I knew that. Oh, okay. <laughs> is, and is Dr. Oz like a spinoff? It's a spinoff, yeah. Okay. Spin-off. Okay, okay. yeah he was the prison doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rita Marino was on it as a nun. It was just, fantastic. I don't know if I would agree that Oz uh, ushered in the golden age of cable, though. I, I think that might have been Sopranos. That's what we were going to say. Well, here's the thing. Sopranos got made because of the success of Oz. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, also, you know, there's Hill Street Blues that you could throw in the mix. That's not cable. NBC. All right, you got me on that one. Technicality. (laughs) Meow, meow. Did you go meow, meow, meow on me? Meow, meow, meow. (laughs) (laughs) Meow, meow, meow. 
time out. All right, slow and This con. is the submarine. I was arguing backstage what? about this. What, what is it? The submarine? He's always arguing about a submarine backstage. Ignore him. <laughs> I'm so tired yeah. of saying arguing about submarines. They, they couldn't understand. All that. I'm saying is Moana would fight a submarine better than any car ever could. Uh, this is a picture of the Fast and Furious 8 where they fight a submarine with cars, and they're like, how could that happen? It makes no sense. Here is a picture. Uh, this it picture does not make sense. sense. For, for the viewers at home, this <laughs> is a picture of maybe the top of a submarine breaking through some ice, maybe, and there's a car on some ice, and then a car that came from nowhere. Also, I'm seeing it says live, the epic arena show. And I'm excited <laughs> about that part. What's Gotta I? know more about this. Well, James, thanks for teeing me up. In 2018, <laughs> Universal announced the Fast and Furious franchise will be headed in its most exciting direction yet. Live, live. theater. Yes. Combining stunt driving, pyrotechnics, and even parkour, the show promised to recreate the thrilling stunts from the films. The show debuted in London on January 19th and crashed and burned within a year. <laughs> Why did Fast and Furious Live fail to impress? So unkind. Why did Fast and Furious Live fail to impress? All of the cars were puppets. <gasps> All of the cars were puppets. Yeah. All the stars. Okay, so you're saying that puppets All the would cars. be driving. All the cars, the cars were, puppets. were puppets. All the cars. So you're saying that they would. You pay like sixty bucks for a ticket, and you'd see puppet cars do you'd, stunts. You'd see yeah, yeah. loud music, right. explosions, puppet cars, and <laughs> men dressed in black running around with puppet cars. Yeah. And uh, you have to remember. This is this is you know inspired by the success of like The Lion King, which was all yeah yeah yeah. There's a lot of really excellent puppet-based shows. Yes. War Horse, Avenue Q, King Kong, currently on Broadway. I could talk about that much longer than this. <laughs> <laughs> to, to add insult to injury, the, when the cars would leave, they'd have smaller capes. <laughs> I don't understand this. What in, in live shows? Which Batman was famous for. All right. He'd wear a big long cape and he'd be like, I gotta go find my motorcycle in a much deeper voice. This is a Batman theatrical experience where Batman says, I gotta go find my motorcycle. Yeah, yeah. how he got famous. <laughs> yeah, you and know. He, and he gets a small cape? Batman would leave. He'd have a smaller cape so he could ride his motorcycle without it jer- jerking him back. Sure. <laughs> well, doesn't yeah, that just now, stand to reason? all live shows have to do that, which ruined the Fast and Furious experience. Right, the Vin Diesel couldn't have physics. his long cape the, like he wanted. The, yeah. the, not all. Heroes wear capes, and the cars definitely didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if you've seen the Fast and Furious movies. You we haven't. haven't. <laughs> we haven't. No, no cars or actors in these movies wear capes, in which fact, is the problem with Fast and Furious Live. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The public demands that kind of spectacle. Yeah. And it just, it just That's why I there. gave my ticket Did back. Did not cut it. <laughs> I bought a ticket. I gave it back. Mm. Did you get a refund? No. I don't want you. I'm so upset. Just take my ticket back. Yeah, it's a boycott. Evan, you're you're a big fan of uh, Broadway musicals and spectacle plays. What were some of the hit songs that came out of Fast and Furious Live? As we know, it was a musical. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fast and Furious Live, the musical. Um, well, there, there's live. live in color. Um, the, the, they couldn't I, afford nice that. Paper. Yeah, there was a lot of really, uh, they really were inspiring in the use of um, sort of like the engine sounds to create sort of like the rhythm sections for the songs. Oh, nice. What, what were the names of the songs? The names of the songs? Um, yeah, song. it was like, I'm in a car and I'm driving. I'm in a car and I'm driving. Reprise. Yeah, the reprise at the end of the. Like, um, and then the finale. Back together. There was uh, the, there was oh, yeah. the the song no one could forget. 
finale. <laughs> It's called finale. Yeah, 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 yeah. It it was at the end of the show, as you would expect. If it was up to me to write a song for it, I would have taken the song from Xenon, Girl of the 21st Century, Zoom, 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 but rewrite it to Vroom, Vroom, Vroom. Oh. (laughs) But that's just me. Good pitch. Good pitch. Good pitch. Good pitch. pitch. Uh, Sharks, what do we think? Yeah. (laughs) And for that reason, I'm out. Yeah. You're greenlit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Do we think that's telling the truth? Is it car puppets? No. no. Oh. Although that would very much be unimpressive. I would be very unpre- unimpressive. Yeah, that would really stink. What uh, do we think the real answer James is? James has the correct answer. Yeah, you know how in uh, the Disney on Ice things, they have the big puppet heads for like Woody and Buzz? Same thing here. They had like big Vin Diesel heads and big rock heads, but they couldn't fit in the cars. Yeah, and it's it like, wasn't the actual stars. I see. Uh, well, actually, it was just, it was neither fast nor furious. <laughs> that's a lazy uh. answer. <laughs> Would you say it was slow and kind? I might say that. I might say that. Sounds like you all should have gotten that. Yeah. So in its review, The Guardian wrote, quote, on the limited space of the arena floor, cars are reduced to turning in circles at low speed in front of a giant screen playing movie clips. And I also would have accepted that the whole arena became filled with deadly exhaust fumes. So either one of those monoxide poisoning. Yeah, well, no, no, no. The point is, you, you start to asphyxiate just a little yeah. bit, and then like you a, get excited whoa. easier. It makes it a little better. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. easier. Oh, be. my car has a cape. Oh, oh I'm just hypoxic. No. Now we've reached the end of our game, and it was a close one. Oh, but, oh baby. But at the end, oh, wait, wait. Can I tell a story, please? You can tell a story. I don't know if I give you points for it. <laughs> all right, fair enough. All right, I, I'm very surprised. Vin Diesel did not come up at all. No, was, he didn't, did he? No, I. Uh, so surprise, I was at bring her. him out. <laughs> it's uh, your son for those, for those listening on the podcast Vin Diesel came out Hello. Uh, I was in a world, cap, a world of Warcraft left. guild you were uh, in a world of Warcraft guild with Vin Diesel please tell me that's what you're about to say that's what I'm about to say you pooched the bit I'm amazed. Uh, so uh, I was in a world of Warcraft guild uh, this was in the mid- early 2000s yeah. right before it was kind of revealed and so we were in a very popular guild, the Chicago-based guild. There was two web comics that would, had a competing guilds. Uh, and there was one guy with a really deep, gravelly voice. And this is before <laughs> Vin Diesel really broke. Yeah. And when he broke, uh, one, I was like, to my friends, I'm like, dude, I really think that guy is Vin Diesel. I think Velk Lamar uh, is Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> it was Amra the Druid. What was his name? Amra, Amra. the Druid. Because on a Tonight Show clip, he's like, oh, yeah, I play World of Warcraft. Because he's a big Dungeons & Dragons guy. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, I play a Druid. Horde for life, Loctar. Uh, and so I'm like, dude, this guy, Vin Diesel, is in our guild. So we were playing. We're all in chat. I'm like, just threw it out there. <laughs> Here's somebody. Man, you know, I've never told you you sound like Vin Diesel. It got real quiet <laughs> for like 10 seconds. Now, is this over like a mic? Over or chat. Got... Over okay. chat. And then everyone started laughing and was never mentioned again. No! <laughs> so... <laughs> Vin that's, Diesel was 100% in my Horde wow. World, World of Warcraft guild. That's pretty Torrent, cool. Missing you, Panda Attack. <laughs> could you could you tell? I mean, was he, can you tell if somebody's a nice person through that or like their you kind of can because you're playing so long with someone that like yeah. when they're tired like things will slip out. So if someone's like just a horrible example, if someone's like an incel, like they'll say something about a woman or something about the world, and you're like, oh, you're a horrible person. Right. Or if someone has kids and they never take care of their kids, <laughs> you just hear them like, screaming in the background. Legit, yeah. that's happened. Yeah. I'm like, oh, dude, he was always a nice guy, but then he would disappear for months at a time. When he was shooting movies. Oh, man, that's the best. Just when the Horde needed him the most. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Torin Druid? Torin Druid. 
Hell yeah. Nice, dude. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. Nice. Do you, do you have any more uh, Vendisa stories, or am I ready to go to the points here? I watched The Pacifier at least three times. Wow, okay. That's <laughs> worth I'll give you. I'll give you ten points for each time you watch The Pacifier. Hey! Uh, there's, there's an incredible... behind. <laughs> there's an incredible video of Vin Diesel... Uh, at like a toy convention, yes, uh, promoing some street sharks toys. It's very good and very sad. Oh, yes, he full was head not, of hair. He, he was not in street sharks, but he did uh, sell street sharks merchandise. Other fun fact, yes, not, not as much fun. All right, so we already know that Vin Diesel and The Rock have heat, but Joe Montana, uh, he played Big Dick Richie in uh, uh, Magic Do you Mike. Guys like that, Magic Mike. <laughs> Uh, Big Dick Ritchie. He's also like uh, one of the bad guys in Captain America. So, anyways, he's part of the big D and D revival, and Vin Diesel's a big D and D guy. So he, Vin Diesel, went on Joe and, uh, Joe's whatever podcast slash web series, and Joe was throwing a lot of shade at him because he's basically saying, "Oh, Vin Diesel, you say you're a big D and D guy. When do you play? How often do you play?" And it was like a lot of subtle digs at him. So I think so. He, he thinks that Vin Diesel's full of crap. He thinks he's like, "Oh, you're just trying to ride this popular thing." So, a lot of shade going on with Vin Diesel, guys. Okay, any more Vin Diesel uh, anecdotes, or are we all fresh out? Are Street Sharks worth a lot of money now? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I have some pretty good vintage. uh, Yeah, there's probably some vintage stores you could uh, sell those. Okay, Rich, we'll check in with you about the uh, Street Sharks later. Uh, (laughs) I thought you were still doing the bit where Vin Diesel was in the room. (laughs) (laughs) No, he left. We could only afford him for two and a half seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, that was a very close game. Uh, Evan, you you earned 30 points at the end there, which did tie the game, but uh, Sammy's uh, Joe Montana story uh, just squeaked him into the lead. So I want to thank son of Sam for winning with 80 points to 70 points. Wow, wow, wow. So thank you to both teams for uh, showing up tonight and playing and thank you everyone here and everyone at home. Have a good night. We'll see you next time. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is recorded in front of a live audience every Monday at 8 o'clock right here in Chicago at the Comedy Sports Theater. If you'd like to see the show live, go to cszchicago.com and use the promo code FETCH for half off your ticket price. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is an arcade audio production. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LSDL Show. Please rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Our show is produced by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, and Rich Camelucci. Written by Spencer Hamilton, Patrick Connolly, Connor Doyle, Rob Grabowski, Zach Mast, and Mandy Sellers. Hosted by Spencer Hamilton. Our panel this week. Miles Potter performs with his improv teams Ska and Buttermilk and can be heard on the Riverside Falls podcast right here on Arcade Audio. Marla Caceres performs regularly with World News Tonight, Saturdays at the I.O. Theater. Evan Starkweather can be seen in his variety show, Party with a Good Time Gang, Saturdays at the Annoyance at 7 p.m. from September 21st through October 12th. Heather Scholl can be seen performing in Chicago with Anarchy, an improvised rock opera. James Freetley hosts the podcast Lakeshore and Limbo and a cult noir detective series told using improvisers and dice. New episodes every Monday here on Arcade Audio. And as always, Sammy to Mimi can be found all around Chicago, performing, directing, teaching, and being a nerd. Producer Rich here. You can also see Let Sleeping Dogs Lie live this year at Pod Slam, September 21st from the IO Theater here in Chicago. Let Sleeping Dogs Lie will be kicking off the events at noon. Be there. $10 all day, unlimited re-entry, and all benefits go towards Connor's Cure, benefiting pediatric cancer research and treatments. Head over to arcadeaudio.net slash podslam for tickets, donations, schedules, and much, much more. 
Let Sleeping Dogs Lie is made possible in part by listeners like you. Check out patreon.com slash arcade audio for more info on how you can help. Thanks for listening to Let Sleeping Dogs Lie, the world's only game show. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.